Hello and welcome to the Frequency Matters podcast, episode two. I'm your host, Kim Fendi. And today we have a very special guest joining us, Dr. Robin Kelly from New Zealand. Hello, Dr. Robin Kelly. How are you today? Fine. Nine o'clock in the morning. Such a perfect time. Excellent. It's three o'clock my time on Friday. So you've already had your Friday evening, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It was good. You look, it's good to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I'm the looking night's forward good to it. too. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> Excellent. Well, um, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to share our conversation today. Um, just to share a little bit about your background to kick things off. Um, Dr. Robin Kelly is a, a medical doctor, a medical acupuncturist, a researcher, a multi-award winning author, a TEDx presenter, and a musician from New Zealand. Did I leave anything off? Uh, I'm a dad and granddad. Oh, see, those are the (laughs) the most important roles, right? Most important, yeah. Excellent. Well, I'm so excited to have you on our show Mm. today. And um, so fascinating reading up on all that you've done in your studies Mm. and your research and your work so far in your your lifetime. Um, Lots of questions on my end, but I just want to um, throw it out there kind of open-ended the theme of of this podcast is sound and light frequencies and impact on the human body so i'd love to just really throw it out to you before we get into anything too specific and see if there's anything that you wanted to share in uh your line of work and how it relates to that yes i look you know when you 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 suggested that that got me sort of thinking hard about um sound and light in general and how Mm -hmm we automatically use this in in healing um you know starting very basically how we speak to people the tone of our voice uh is 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 very important um and it it can be soothing because a lot of our work is balancing and most of the people we're seeing uh have uh, a sympathetic overdrive they're 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 stressed, they're anxious, they're struggling with time, they're time dependent. And, you know, from the start, I've tried to create in my consults, in my medical rooms, and it wasn't always easy, a sense of peace, Mm -hmm. and somehow allow the person to develop the skills that they can, they can do themselves to create that peace. So when I started to do acupuncture, I noticed that whatever I was treating, you know, whether it was a sore neck or sore knee or insomnia, um, people became very relaxed during during the treatment and often told me they went home and had a sleep and they had the best night's sleep ever. So I, I realized somehow <laughs> um, through the combination of all these things that uh, I was creating an environment that was basically the antidote to a lot of problems that we have um and i still i still try to do that whether i'm doing acupuncture or not um that is the goal you know there's a lot of talk about vagal therapy and switching the body from this sort of sympathetic overdrive to the accepting parasympathetic start um state i have to stress we need both you know we we, we need to be in like a, a pussycat we need to be uh, in a state of relaxation and purring a lot of the time so that when we need to act, we we act. You know, mm. uh, the, the yogis and yoga doesn't make us into this passive blob. <laughs> it mm-hmm. actually allows us to sort of uh, keep our energy um, and restore our energy so that when we need to act, we need to act. So in that, that's, that's, that's that. So when it comes to, to, to um, sound and light, absolutely. Um, I mean, just just briefly. Although I, I do acupuncture with in the traditional way, and I still prefer that. There are uh, ways that you can influence acupuncture points, um, and uh, I, from the early start, early times, which is now nearly forty years ago, started to use infrared laser, for instance, which is light you can't see. Yeah. And what I found very interesting is that. Um, very sensitive people can feel the light. They can feel infrared light from wow. the laser. And um, some can even track it up the meridians, which are our bodies, which we feel now are the body's connective tissue. 
So that became quite interesting. You can actually feel light. And there are some studies done when you're shining light at different parts of the body, the different parts of the brain and functional MRIs show up, you know, so there's some science behind this as well. So, um, and, and so sound <laughs> in my practice now, I have classical music playing because classical music, particularly that of 200 years ago was the sort of the valium of the day. It was created, the rock music was there to infiltrate the body into a sense of peace. Um, even at those times, I think there was stress, obviously there was lots of stresses. So um, I have uh, classical music um, uh, th through the rooms, which some people, we don't necessarily always listen to, it's just there and somehow it's, Confusing into into the being that being, um, and and you know I, I have become interested in other types of um, sound healing, and I'm sure you have more experience than me of this. But um, and there are certain uh, meditative processes that I uh, and qigong um, exercises that I personally use that employ a focus on chance and with a focus on different parts of the body. Um, I mean, just for instance, you know, the, the throat, which is a great one to focus on, you know, there's a, mm. a, a sound of um, which you have to continue for longer, mm -hmm. where you can feel it vibrating. You can feel, again, if you put your uh, focus on, on the heart area, it's slightly different. I mean, these are based on, I think, um, Buddhist and Tibetan um, uh, knowledge and wisdom that goes back um, thousands of years. So, you know, they, they seem to, to, to focus. So, so, so on the heart, you can feel your chest resonating if you, if you do this. And so you create the noise. Uh, this one would be, um, and you close your mouth so that everything resonates in there. Mm -hmm. And you can go around the body onto these points, which, um, you know, which are actually focus points for chakras. I do it in a figure of eight. So it's almost like you're going round in an infinity with a center point uh, on, on, on your tummy, basically. Um, and uh, on the Hara. So, so you do a complete workout using vibration. So that's, that's how I do it. And I teach that. Um, it took me a long time to learn but I, I try to teach it, like all of us, we try to teach it in a way that people grasp it a little bit earlier than we did, than I did mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I have many people coming to me. Um, I'm very impressed by the uh, Tibetan crystal bowl, it's just the wonderful sound that produces. Um, and, that's my that's my instrument of choice. Oh, uh, okay, all right. You know, I'm I'm just uh, I I personally don't use it, but by, I have got close contacts and friends who 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 do that in sound sound healing. Wonderful. Um, uh, yeah. So so um, that that sound. I mean, just something about sound. When I, I expect people who are watching this podcast are aware of energy issues, um, so I can go straight into the fact that. Um, there seems to be a tie-up now between the meridians and what science has discovered called the interstitium. Uh, and they've discovered this because of modern techniques. So you can't cut these things out of the body and study them under a microscope. You have to be clever, use lasers and various other things. But ultimately, we have a network of connective tissue, which has got collagen, but it also has got water in it. So we've got these... So the that's why the meridians are called the channels, you know, they've mm. actually, Chinese always talk about the, the, the well point and the spring point and the river point and the sea point, you know, so the, that spreads the body. And, and we know that low frequency sounds uh, are transmitted by water. And it would seem that, so our body's energetic system may be more aligned to sound um than than the light but there's there's of course it's both okay. it's interesting i mean just facts facts like hippopotami my uh communicate to each other through many many miles um in a river uh, even though the river bends so that's how powerful water is in transmitting low frequencies 
Uh, and the same with whales, you know, mm -hmm. you can disrupt whales, unfortunately. We can, through, through our, you know, solar techniques, we can be disruptive to their patterns of migration and things. So to me, um, that that's that's very important to understand that we have this network through our bodies and the this this network is fractal um and would appear to have little it's like so we can talk about rivers but we can also talk about a tree <laughs> so it has little branches and twigs that go into every cell of the body and uh, they end up um in in these sort of microtubules and little um uh if you look at a cell and you see how a cell divides, um, you've got these, um, these Fimbria, these, these uh, what's the word, anyway, forget the word, but they're actually like, they're like tendrils that pull, pull the, um, the nuclei apart, okay, and you can okay. see that happening. I always asked when I was at medical school, like, who's pulling that strings? Why is that happening? Mm -hmm. what, what, because we still, we still haven't got an answer to that. So we've got a direct um, line, if you like, uh, into these processes when we are in some way affecting this uh, uh, connective tissue fractal um, system, like a tree. Uh, it's uh, connective isn't that it not just connects and, and, and protects and connects cells in a physical way, it actually uh, spreads out to um, connecting um, everything in the body. Uh, and also probably beyond, because when you look at the microtubules in the brain, it, uh, there are theories um, that these are the um, foundries where consciousness collapses down into um, uh, the, the three and four dimensional world that we experience. And it's big. Things. So you can see that when we're tapping into this system and if people want to Google interstitium, you can see the debate about that about the interstitium um do you have a definition de of of how you would define that word interstitium yeah mm -hmm. look it wasn't my word obviously but i suppose <laughs> it's something that interstitium, something that it sort of connects it's like an interstate it's some part of the body that is, that is um it is connecting everything else um stitium inter inter is is like between so everything is between the very the interesting thing is I, I wrote in one of my books it's it's like we can actually see our other organs as being the organs uh, that actually allow us to connect so therefore the primary organ may be our connective tissue and all our other organs our heart and our lung or everything are making sure that this connective tissue uh, is is healthy and because and that we connect communally with ourselves not only just within the body but with with others and probably you know if we extend that into a more cosmic realm we're connecting to the cosmos because um i'm very interested in in inspiration and creativity and how is it that when we quieten our minds and we do these meditative processes or we go to a therapist that um it seems to enhance our our creativity it makes us feel well because we feel connected with the environment around we can see ourselves in context but also it can open our minds to ideas that seem to flow through us mm -hmm. so you know so that's my that's my thing of connected tissue and i i think so many of us if therapists and especially in energy medicine that's what we're um dealing with we're actually dealing with this system and our, certainly my understanding of health isn't just an absence of sickness. It's actually something beyond that when we discover our true creative worth, if you like, um, mm. and our special role in this world. Yeah, I love that. I used mm. to teach a painting class, but you know, knowing that I have this sound healing um, piece, I would <laughs> bring them together because yeah. when I first started my, my healing, journey painting was a really important part of it because uh it allowed me to kind of step outside of myself and observe mm. the creative process so i would always set an intention first and then it was almost as if i was tapping into 
this frequency of creativity rather than it coming through me because the work that I was doing at that time was a very abstract. It was like a pouring, pour painting. So we, I would just pour the paint in the cup and then literally onto the canvas and it would create itself. And then from that, I would see what, like what I got from that. Like there were messages hidden into the painting and it was just so fascinating to observe that process. And then- yeah, I I start when I started teaching that process, I would bring the sound healing piece into it. We'd get into this meditative state and I know people feel like, well, I'm not creative or they have this block where I don't, you know, I don't, I can't do that. But it's like, this is abstract. We're pouring paint into a cup. Anybody can do that. And so we tap into this frequency of creativity and from there it flows. So I totally get what you're saying. And I love the way you position them. Yeah, and and whether it's it's art or poetry or, or whatever, um, it, it's interesting. Just do it and and create it. I have found with poetry and some of the songs I write, I don't know their meaning at the time, but mm-hmm. somehow I look back at them years later, and I get the meaning. It's almost as if this creativity has not been lodged in time. It's come in a timeless place. I could say, yes. even come from the future, that's because so that's amazing. what drives us forward. Um, so I, I'm, yeah, I'm exactly that. And people say they're not creative. I, you know, you get mothers saying, well, I'm not creative, but my little son, Harry's creative. And I said, well, wait a minute, you created Harry. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, you know, people's idea is the creativity, you know, you, you see these amazing saxophone players or whatever, and you just think I could never do that. But you, you, they have just focused and understood that is their special creativity. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean they're great painters, but it doesn't mean so. Yeah. The creativity is unique to the person, and everybody is creative. Um, after all, every child is creative, isn't it? And when, mm-hmm. and we have to keep that childlike creativity and that innocence going because yeah. that's when the children are they're focused and. Uh, you know, child smiles. Their, their their default mode is having a laugh and smiling, and mm-hmm. and yeah, and and um, yeah, so that's so important. So if we can encourage that, and and that's that's what I do because if I do any process of something like acupuncture, it doesn't matter what I'm treating, and I say, look, you know, you may feel good after this. I really then my focus is in teaching how they can achieve this in their lives um on a daily basis uh, and and that can include meditation it can include they may say oh i want to do yoga absolutely i want to do tai chi absolutely i want to do martial arts but they may say well look i may want to paint and i may want and i say yeah, well, go for it don't don't be confined to what other people are doing do what because do what you enjoy and what you seem to get sort of positive feedback from um and and yeah so that to me is my role it's not sort of during the therapy (laughs) the treatment is okay but we want more than that we want them to um take off if you like um and and some therapists say well that's a bit of a problem for me i'm a bit dependent on them all coming back you have to trust the process because they will tell other people (laughs) and then you you develop a, a practice that is non codependent because a codependent practice drains one um i find you know that all they expect you to do so it it takes quite a leap to to say that say look uh, also once you've done it they'll say well i often say well just see how it goes a little bit you know for two or three weeks just 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 give me some feedback um and then we have a basis of them taking control And, and these are yeah to me that's kept me sustained and interested over the years. So if you're in it for the long run, that to yeah. me is the way to do it. Yeah. I've seen many healers get either sick or burnt out because yeah. of that. It's as if they're taking on the illness. If they've removed something from somebody, it's like they've absorbed it. And that was yeah. something I was guilty of in my early practice. We've and all I, done it. I was like, I can't do this anymore because I've, I've seen this play out in the long run. It's not going to yeah. be good. It's not going to be good. No, so we can take on people's pain. We take on their joy as well. But I, I think it, it, for, to preserve ourselves, this makes sense in every which way, I think. Yeah. Um, 
to yeah. do that and it but it takes it takes a little bit of courage and you know financially it's it's a struggle um but in the long run if you're in it for the long run um you just have to see that like the tortoise in the air yeah. you know i'm right. a great fan of the tortoise <laughs> <laughs> right right yeah i mean we can't always be there for people so they when i think it's so important to empower the 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 recipient. A bit there. Oh, good, good, you're back. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's so yeah. important to empower the recipient to own their healing. I totally agree with you on that. And, and then I, you know you can spread your practice into groups if you like, um, which again the group has its own dynamic. And even if you're facilitating it, you're getting something back from that. Yeah. Um, if if you've got time you can go into speaking you can do podcasts you know you can mm -hmm. do the whole lot because a one-to-one -one, whatever even if we're doing everything right and we're relaxed about it it's 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 um something we can only do a certain amount a day i think you know we could we, we can't do a one-to-one -one, um it's it's very it's it's energy intensive for us even though we're relaxed even though we're doing everything right mm -hmm. we're we're human and by the end of yeah. the day we get tired yeah. So we have to be very compassionate to ourselves too when we do mm -hmm. this. That's my 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 understanding. Yeah. When my kids well, my kids are still pretty little. They're gonna be eight and ten mm. this month. But oh, when lovely. they yeah, when they were very little, I knew I had a limited amount of time to get yeah. out and yeah. do these things that I felt passionate about sharing with yeah. others, things that were effective in my journey. Mm. And that and, and when I realized I was I was actually getting sick from those individual sessions mm. and it was I would do like um like festival and that was mm. just like so much energy in it, and I was absorbing it rather than like mm -hmm. letting it come through me and giving it back um that's when I made the shift to do groups because I was I, I can stay centered in a large group it's you can't you can't be everywhere at once mm. but I knew if I only have one hour I can impact 12 people instead of one so yeah. so there's we can mix and match this and i i, I think that's really important yeah. and if we're in it for the long run absolutely this is what we what we we do um you know and and i'll, I'll talk about dying from it <laughs> because when a person reaches a point where they do feel in control with their energy which is basically what qigong says um but yoga or whatever and they are understanding of um, maybe that consciousness is something that that we filter through us, you know, and that it comes from somewhere else. Um, or they have out of body experiences. Their fear of dying um, reduces down, and the fear of dying doesn't help us. Okay, we have a love of life, but we shouldn't have such an overwhelming fear of dying because fear will take her. And that that's been a big issue. I mean, it, there's a there's, the fear in the world is big enough anyway. Um, so I've always also found that because I, I've been a, a director, medical director of the hospice in the 90s. And it was the time where um, I, f I felt really at peace. Because as a doctor, you know, just as a normal doctor, I didn't feel the pressure to um, save lives, which I think has been overestimated by what a doctor can do um but it was what the public think you know you're there save my life you know i've got this crap. make me better or whatever and in that process i noticed that the majority of people who go who are dying going through this process were doing so in peace because we were creating a peaceful environment using interesting a lot of these techniques we're talking about non-invasive sound and light therapies Beautiful. um so that's the other thing and i i i think we need to get out of I'm sure a lot of therapists will be seeing people with advanced cancers and, and other things. If you release that pressure to save their life, if you like, and focus on enhancing their living, um, it, it, it's, it's, a wonderful, it's a wonderful process. And you'll find the majority of people who are sadly going through this process, uh, there's something that's happening to them. Their consciousness is is sort of uh, adapting to their situation. And they carry probably less fear than many of their relatives and friends and people around. Mm. So a lot of the time you're, you're saying, well, um, yeah, they're actually reassuring those who aren't going through the process. 
So I, that's another very important lesson, I think, to what I found about healing. Um, uh, let go of our own personal fears and, and somehow we transmit and project those onto others. Now, we're not perfect. I'm not perfect at that at all. And I, I don't do that perfectly, but I understand the process. I try to do my best in that. Mm, yeah. Mm. I love that. Um, I've got so many questions for you. I'm trying to think of where, where should we go? Uh, <laughs> I haven't mentioned light really too much apart from the light that I use in infrared, but just, just simply, um, we know that being, um, in the sunlight as long as or even the outside in the shade is vital to our health it's like you know it's part it's part of who we are uh, and we know about vitamin d and we know about sad you know we know that that we need light to many of us to stop us being depressed or whatever mm -hmm. so so um and and you know you can extend that into an understanding that through Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine, who feel that we're energetically, we're energy before we're, a, we're, we're, we're matter. In other words, matter forms on energy. I write about this and, and, and how matter forms on energy. So, you know, you can say we are light and we are frequencies as we have a light body, if you like. And if you look at the, uh, even the religious texts and, and Christian understanding of uh, a human being enhanced by God, Jesus, who turns into, who transfigures into um, a light, you know, where you put your hand through the person. Um, yeah, so, so very simply, we are, we are also, as well as, uh, as well as our body being responsive to sound, we are light. Mm -hmm. and, and it's very interesting, because as keep the positive outcome from a healing process is the person feels a bit lighter you know just mm. we talk about light and light they feel i don't know if you're oh, i'm sure that's what your clients say they i just feel just a bit lighter and yeah. they can't necessarily put their finger on it yeah um and and all this has to be done with a light heart you know we can be very sort of tense and serious doctors tend to say <laughs> if they give you bad news that they're afraid i'm afraid you have this condition well mm. You don't want to hear they're afraid, basically, because that's, <laughs> don't tell me you're afraid. You're afraid. What are you afraid yeah. of? You know, yeah. does that mean I have to be afraid? So these things are best done, uh, obviously focused, obviously done with a lot of wisdom and study, but with a light heart. And you can be lighthearted and humor is terribly important in that. Um, I find, I find yeah. that's good. And it gets you through the day as well, because, you know, you want that lovely interaction, don't you? That, that light-hearted interaction. So light and light, everything is light. Okay. Yeah. You want to be, yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely feel that, uh, like when, when, when I work hard to release a fear or mm. re reprogram my, my brain to, mm. uh, let go of old beliefs that, once I kind of have achieved that new state, I definitely feel lighter. It's less, less, mm. de less density, less mm. heaviness, just like weighing on you. So I, I can mm. totally relate to that. I don't know if you've got, I've just got another thought um, about music because it, as you know, a slow song is a song that actually has a, uh, a resting heartbeat or, or less. Okay. And a fast song, the beat is higher than our heart rate. Now, you know, in general, we're in the business of soothing, I think, more, more than exciting. But there's a role, of course, you know, you, you dance and you want you want the rhythm, you want the hard rock, you want all that. That that also is freeing. It, we need that balance. We need the yang with the yin. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I don't know about you, but I need both of those. I need... Um, and, and if you're planning a concert or whatever, then you want to, or an album, you want to mix those two up. You want the yin and the yang. So um, in life, we want excitement. You know, there's nothing wrong in that. Mm -hmm. It's putting it into context. We want, we need both. Yeah. Um, the problem is that most people, their stresses are because there's too much busyness going on in the body, too much busyness in their minds, 
too much fear, too much self-criticism, too much past trauma that they've tried that they is hidden somewhere. Um, yeah. So so the heartbeat of the body is everything that's a, a song that's um matches the resting heartbeat of one beat a second or whatever is a slow love song because it's what the heart's doing. But it doesn't mean and then you increase it so you get excitement and that's just as good you know but in everything needs to be in balance yeah yeah well i love that you've also have a what six albums out there yeah 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 That's just <laughs> such a wonderful uh conglomerate of very different things that you've done in your life it's interesting because the those who because i've you know i my one of both my books run one science book of the year um a few years ago but the scientists and the people that i talk to um who seem to have a grasp on what we're saying and they come from different angles and none of us is right about everything absolutely not they also seem to have another interest they may be painters they may be uh, musicians um i mean einstein was a very good violinist for instance you know so it, it would seem to be the people who get it are also interested in in art mm. um and it's it's really my focus and my concern about doctors because i you know I, i'm a regular doctor too you know I, I work in student health and i have to sit down and i do those um sessions but it's to realize that i don't know it worries me that the doctors are are sort of have to go through this sort of very forced left brain um control if you like uh which is just guaranteed to burn them out you know you yeah. need to balance and it needs to be uh, allowed you know in school in medical school or whatever in fact it needs to be encouraged you know this mm -hmm. side of things we're a long way from it some places are better than others but we're a long way from that yeah yeah yeah, I feel like that's a very big issue in yeah. in my country. Yeah. Um, not just with the medical field, but in the elementary schools. And yeah. I mean, that's that. There's one way it, to learn. I feel like we're coming. The 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 administration is coming around and yeah. and trying to adapt to the different learning styles, but. To me, it's it's a whole brain approach, and not everybody's going to learn the same way. And it's important to really exercise those muscles that are on the other side. So we we can't just try to fit everybody into these little boxes. No, and and it worries me because that student because so many students now are going onto therapy for ADHD, the attention mm -hmm. deficit disorder. And and it does concern me. They do get the they the medications seem to help them. But I, I have some disquiet about this because they think um, they look back and say, well, look, I, you know, I, I don't concentrate well enough and I'm, I've had this and now it's all changed. I, I think the system is the problem. I don't think their their brains are deficient in, in these um, things which are stimulants. I don't think that's the case. I think that our system has to change and that we have to identify people's different learning early on, but not put them on drugs all their lives. I mean that that worries me. Yeah, it worries me, and and yet they will, and they feel better on them. So you know you can't deny that, but yeah. the long term, I'm not I'm not happy about. Great. You wrote a book called oh two books. Well, I went yeah. three, but, uh, but three books. I, I know the two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the two books that I I did some research on was the yeah. the human hologram living your life in harmony with the unified yeah. field, and then the other book was the human antenna. Yeah. Both super fascinating concepts. Hmm. Definitely not mainstream ideas and concepts. Um, I'm curious, what in your research and studies have led you to understanding the world in these ways gosh gosh i suppose there's a there's a, a lot the, the, i wrote a, the first book i wrote was something called healing ways which um uh, basically I've, i i haven't got on on um, amazon or whatever um it was published by penguin so you know, it was a mainstream book and that book um uh, i wrote after doing about 18 or 20 years or so 
of doing acupuncture and it was my understanding of Chinese medicine um, and how that seemed to be helpful because as a doctor a mainstream doctor I've had to keep up with all my mainstream doctor stuff we have to do ongoing um, academic studies and all that uh, but the, the reaction I was getting from people was look Robin you know this is nonsense this is nothing to do with science this is nothing to do with getting people better so I heard that for so long I thought oh, well I'll write a book about it to say my point of view on that um, and you know it followed my understanding of what the Chinese called the Zhang Fu which was the link between the organ systems and the Chinese organ systems which are far not just the organ but sort of energetically expressed in the organ and um, you know other issues you know people's strengths and weaknesses and worry and you know for instance the Chinese will say um, overthinking damages the spleen now their spleen their spleen is um oh, oh I'll just turn that off um so in other words that's worry does that worry affect our immune system of course it does so that's just one example of what I was saying no they're really let's not diss the Chinese people who have observed this over thousands of years because it's just human observation and that's what we're basing it on okay so that was that one to get that now then um the human antenna um which you got here the it was based on um when I started to look at the chakras and they studied some Vedic history and uh found that actually this was easier for people to understand because they were zones of the body which people come in with their problems a backache or a indigestion or whatever or a problem with their throat and we could extend the conversation into what was happening in their lives for instance where if they had a problem with their thyroid or um, problems in their shoulders where they're being listened to you know if they had a yeah. problem in their stomach where they trapped between you know if they were in a sales job where they trapped between mm. the customers on one side and the, and the management on the other um and you know drug companies have done wonder, wonders for this because they've ametrazole and these other <laughs> drugs are the biggest selling drugs for people who feel trapped yeah. low backache you know it, it, is there something to do with insecurity is there some issues um yeah financial insecurities so you could open the door to um, discussing this with people, you know, that actually gave them insights into some meaning behind their, their issue, rather than just saying, let's give this drug to stop it, let's take mm -hmm. it. So that's what I say. And also, you know, the, the understanding that our, our consciousness grows through our lives as we get older, we, be, we should become wiser. Yeah, not necessarily the case, <laughs> but we should become wiser. Um, and that we go through cycles and that we needed to be challenged in certain parts in our lives to grow, you know, and that can be through illnesses or other situations. Um, and, you know, really the focus is when does the heart open? When does the heart open? Um, when the heart opens, where these sort of interpersonal con conflicts, which are more to do with the third chakra, um, become less important because, you know, the heart opens and we, we're not in such a competitive environment. You know, mm. we are actually in a compassionate, loving environment where self-compassion is important. When that opens, you know, our vocation may come through. And when our vocation comes through, we may get more insights and there may mm. ultimately more connection. And the understanding that this, these, this happens in cycles, you know, you can say that, that it can be a cycle that ends when we're 28 or 30. And then if we have children, we relearn that cycle by try to provide them for those children some of the pressures that we had as children but their children teach us okay oh, and yeah. then it happens as grandchildren as well so we become learn we, we're learned by these experiences as we try to learn about ourselves our teachers our, our children teach us so much oh, so funny. those were the sort of concepts I was going to grasp now the human antenna is once this um, once we become more balanced, then are we an antenna for consciousness? Are we like, um, is this something that as we, our heart opens, that we become receivers of consciousness? And in fact, is that our job? Is that our job 
in other words, to somehow receive this consciousness and through our actions in this life, um, uh, raise the consciousness, if you like. Because like. there's a reason we're in this state. You know, this is no way dissing our physical state, but we're here to do stuff. You know, there's we've got legs. Mm -hmm. We have, you know, we can hug. We we do we need to do stuff, and it need necessarily to be sort of aligned in the right way with virtues, values, and various other things. Uh, yeah. So that was the human the human antenna that as this consciousness grows we do realize that we are connected to something greater maybe a, a tom campbell said a larger consciousness system some would say to depends what whatever you know um understanding one has we can talk about god we can talk whatever okay. i think ultimately we're talking about the same thing um uh, connections to something something greater an implicate order something else that's behind our daily routines there's something else um that that becomes apparent to us so that was that was the human antenna um yeah and also you know my work as an acupuncturist i'm you stick pins into people so they become more antenna like you're putting little antennas in them uh -huh. and so they become more connected i'm sure this is how it works when when i have a little process where i, I use very gentle techniques and i will touch one maybe needle or even without the needle one point and another point maybe on the foot and I become a conduit and we do together we become joint antennae and uh it's you we have to sort of release release too many thoughts uh, but it's very interesting because you get a feeling a lightness sometimes that comes through you which is very difficult to describe but you know it's there and they do as well and um, it, if you have this understanding that something's coming through you, it doesn't drain you. It doesn't sort of coming from a place that can be exhausted, if you like. Okay. It's coming from an inexhaustible free energy place, you okay. know. And and uh, so there are little exercises in the book of how this can happen. Yeah, you know, look, it happens when we hold hands. It happens when we touch people. It's so important that we remember this particularly with this sort of tech revolution where we are in danger of letting the machines do all our thinking and working for us you know we have to be we have to be just in awe of what we can do as humans mm -hmm. yeah that's, yeah that's fascinating i've been I've been on a, on on part of my journey is definitely yeah. what separates us as humans from mm. other animals is that ability to um, grow, use mm. tools, connect with others, mm. and I, I don't think that's by accident. So what what can we do with those gifts, and how mm. can mm. we maximize that while we're here on Earth? So yeah. it's it's so fascinating to think about. Yeah, and we have a conscience, you know, and so we have something drives us to how can we be better, you know, mm -hmm. whether we're an elite athlete or a writer or just a, any, you know, anything, mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, we just think, you know, we have reflect on that, we can self-respect or self-aware. I mean, people will say that, you know, the difference between us and a giraffe is a giraffe doesn't go to bed at night, doesn't go to bed or whatever, I don't know how they sleep. But um, thinking, how can I be a better giraffe tomorrow? It's just right. being a giraffe. And it may do, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> that's the difference, is our self-reflection. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I do have a lot of concerns about technology. I both love it because I love doing this and, and you know, nothing. And even my recording is made a lot easier. But certain things concern me. Um, there's mm. this chat GPT, you probably know this, which where which, you know, you ask a the computer to write a story or to create a song. Mm. And it sort of does, or write an essay. But you know, our creativity, our art, as you say, you know, you aren't just putting the stuff on the paper, the songs, there's an imperfection in us that actually touches us hmm. you know great art sure the techniques have to be pretty 
pretty good and perfect. But there's more to that. It's actually carrying our story and the hum our humanity, which mm -hmm. isn't perfect. You know, this this whole idea. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and we have to put this into perspective. We, yeah, we have to put our, our yeah, the machines in perspective um, and not not let them dictate the terms. Um, I, I've just, this last month started, there's a local market that started up because I'm really focused on community that I think that we've got the politicians and the bureaucrats telling us all sorts of things. Um, and I believe the strength of a human being is in community. So I started this stall called Albany, which is where I, where I live, creative. And uh, the idea is that everybody can have come in for 10 minutes, they sign up on a whiteboard and do whatever they like. They, they can sing or dance or juggle or tell a story, um, do a magic trick, whatever. Uh, and, and it's, and so, <laughs> And and also the stall holders who are uh, creating whatever they are, the candles, the the quilts, the artwork, whatever, can come for five or ten minutes and discuss how their um what drives their creativity, what it is that they're now the idea is also to support the stall holders, but also to somehow give inspiration to other people passing. Yeah. New Zealand is a very uh, closed in some ways. You know, they they they, they don't come forward. They're, they're um, probably equivalent to Canadians you know, compared with um, the states, and you know, we compare with our with Australians who do who do tend to be a, come forward somewhat. Um, so it's 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 a bit of a it, it it'll be a slow process, but I hopefully that's really what I'm I'm after. That's I feel so important and at the back of it i haven't concerned that the young are have their creativity somehow muddied by the screens in front of them you mm. know they're they're selling them something aren't they they're not necessarily encouraging you can use those this technology to like we're trying to do now mm -hmm. to encourage creativity and and uh but i i and i also think the community needs to support this you know and that's mm -hmm. our way rather than battling the machines yeah. we, we are you know it's the magic of the body that mm -hmm. needs to be explored yeah yeah absolutely mm. i think that you touched on the fact that the community needs to support it because i think as individuals we carry so much fear in our own self-expression that we haven't really explored independently so it really takes an audience sometimes and this courageous attitude to yeah. really see what's there. And it's this really scary and vulnerable place to be. So you really need people, a community that's really open and willing and loving to hold that space for whatever comes through. <laughs> and and non-judgmental. It's not yes. a not a talent show like on the TV, you know. Yes. Britain's exactly. got talent and everything because it's different from that and and we have to have an environment of support you know mm -hmm. there's no right or wrong when it comes to this you know yeah. so um yeah that that's yeah uh, yes beautiful have you another question because i could go off on tangents yeah yeah so i know we we could probably continue yeah. this a whole conversation for yeah. hours on end and maybe i'll have i'd love to have you back sometime yeah maybe may, maybe that's we're coming to a <laughs> um, natural but, point of yes uh, but yeah. i do have two two questions yeah. um that come to mind is kind of to wrap up first of all i'm curious what kind of uh um roadblocks have you come across in your career and knowing that what you're doing is 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 really different from mainstream bridging eastern and western philosophies yeah. especially here in the states how does that translate in new zealand and what have, what's your experience been like yeah how can me as a doctor because i still i carry a function as a doctor and i do all this um has there been pressure on me um I, I think mostly it's been um, I'm doing nothing rather than something if I'm not prescribing a drug, 
you know. Um, but I've also been, they've been quite grateful to send other doctors send me what they call the difficult problems to me. Oh. Okay. Um, so I've been sort of supportive of them in some ways. I see the greatest, well, what I do mostly is listen. And you listen without judgment, um, with an open heart. And you often find the solutions come through that listening to the to the person, especially if they start saying, look, you know, I've never said anything before. It's probably not important. And then, you know, <laughs> gosh, something's going to come. It's really important. Okay. So um, I, and, and also interesting about acupuncture was sort of accepted in the 70s and 80s because there seemed to be some chemical connection, you know, endorphins happen. So sort of it was accepted by the medical profession as something that could fit into their paradigm. Having said that, I'm taking it out of that paradigm to a certain extent and going into holographic science, which we can talk about at another time, because that's was my next book about. Yes, please. We're not, to, just, yeah. we're not just receivers. We're actually holographic representations of the universe. Anyway, so that's just another story. Um, so the roadblocks have been, um, uh, you learn less money doing this because um, you have to spend longer with people and we have a system that I think is pretty broken based on very quick consultations and assumptions about the person that's coming and then treating with protocols which are designed for populations but not for the individual. So you have to get into yourself a situation. I work here at home. My wife is, is a nurse and we work in partnership in our Wonderful. own home and we've had our home designed so that we have this connection, this system where I don't have a lot of distractions and I can, um, and people can feel they're coming into your home. They're very respectful of that, even though we have a side entrance, it's not into our living area. Um, I found they're very respectful, but also somehow it engenders trust. Um, because we, although we have a computer system, I don't have a computer in my room. So what stays, it stays in the room, if you like. Yeah. And I have real concerns that in medicine, um, people don't trust the person, the doctor necessarily who's looking at the computer, tapping everything down. They may trust the doctor, but they don't know where that information's going. Yeah. And I'm, I'm now in a situation where people are saying, Robin, um, you seem to be quite happy with what you're doing and they're pretty miserable what is it so so without that probably by just enjoying what i'm doing that's my best message have there been look i haven't had too many i haven't taken much interest in people that have been over critical they are critical basically the doctors who do a lot of supplement stuff um get hit quite a bit here uh, and a lot of them have suffered and they've had their licenses taken away or threatened. Um, I don't use a lot of machinery. This is, I, I, I keep it very simple. So they're doctors who go into um, energetic medicine and use a lot of machines are criticized, um, mostly coming from a misunderstanding from, from our profession about that. So I've kept it very simple um, and that's how I've done it. And I've just created longer time in my consultations for things to happen. And that takes the pressure off me. So yeah, it, it's, it's a fine line sometimes though. It's a mm. fine line. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah. thank you. Thank you for sharing. Um, yeah. One, one more question. Well, I'm sorry. There's, I think maybe two. Okay. Um, um, what drives you in this work? in your career, in your passions? I, I think you have to balance them all out. You know, the, there's um, like, unless I sing every day or, or do some music or listen to some music, I probably wouldn't be so effective as a doctor. So it's a matter of mixing um, this. And, and uh, it's pleasant because I think the situation I have in my own practice is I don't have the pressure of a full waiting room because we are spending time with people. And usually it's a very pleasant um, time that we spend together. So that enriches me. Um, 
it's I do do a day at the university where I'm supposed to see people I've never seen before, often from different cultures, in a um, quarter of an hour and come to a conclusion. Uh, and most of the time, the concern is that there is a huge issue of anxiety and depression mm. in young people. And although we have counsellors, I find compromise in that situation. I feel that I need to get to the roots of this. Um, I need to spend longer. I think the system is broken. I don't, I personally feel that it's not sustainable for that you to go to a doctor who is pressured to come up with solutions in 10 minutes, a quarter of an hour. And, and I'd have to say people sometimes come with 12 problems <laughs> and, and, and they don't sometimes don't have a concept of they, they want a pill for everything still. Mm. And, and, and they're not in my practice, but out there they do still. Mm. And there's a lot of work to be done. And I think we've, been at fault there as doctors we've put ourselves in this situation and you know life is people's problems are incredibly complex and we need basically to understand the complexity but then make it very simple finally what can we do that's very simple you know mm -hmm. do they need to be outside for 10 minutes a day getting light you know mm -hmm. do they need to listen to some music do they need to um yeah and you have to establish a bond with the person to impart that sort of information, I think. Um, and the system is under tremendous pressure. I do think that the whole medical system is is um, is under great pressure. And doctors, I don't know, you don't see them very happy, you know, hmm. except the rich ones. Hopefully. <laughs> and they're happy like... of a certain way. And they're happy because they can do other things, I think. Yeah, yeah. Probably far from the reason that they got into the practice in the first place, though. I know, I know. Yeah, it, it's a bit, um, they've become dispirited. Yeah, that's uh, heartbreaking to see is in teachers as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so my, my grandmother opened the first um, Montessori school in, oh, wow. in London. Okay. Um, uh, in 1919 after the war um, oh, wow. and trained under Maria Montessori okay. um, and basically the Montessori principle is exactly as we've said it's to encourage the uniqueness and creativity of each individual soul mm -hmm. <clears throat> not just as a child but they grow through life they appreciate that yeah, yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah. so to wrap up um the name of the podcast the name of my business is called frequency matters uh yes. what what does that mean to you i'm just curious does frequency matter yes it does i i, I um i think harmony matters i think we need to harmonize um with each other we need to tune in <laughs> to uh others we need to tune in to ourselves we need to tune in to are um to the greater consciousness um it's i say up there it isn't it's just down there as well it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. um it, yeah so it's to me it's about resonance and harmony um but also you know if you write a song there is a there's a usually a discord somewhere in it so in other words we're talking about if everything is harmonious you can throw in something that reminds people that you're human too so um it is about resonance but it's also look it is it's about you you know energy people who are involved in energy energy medicine understand that we're fundamentally energetic some would say spiritual conscious beings uh, and that's our that's where we're at and therefore there's nothing more sustaining than than being harmonizing on the same frequency of somebody as somebody else. Um, uh, I think it goes beyond frequencies too. consciousness. We don't know. We, we, we have to be very humble and to know that we're mm -hmm. tapping into something, um, which, uh, 
in maybe you know the next few hundred years will become if we survive and we have to tap into it to survive mm -hmm. that we'll understand more but it never stops us exploring because it's the unknown that produces wonder in us doesn't it it's like mm -hmm. you never stop <laughs> wondering about things that's very it true. very true thank yeah. you um so there was one thing that you said that was really, well, lots of things were very fascinating, but that um, I wondered if you have time, um, we can end this portion of the podcast and go to an exclusive content. Would you okay. be able and willing, and do you have the time to share um, the yeah. infinity chant? Oh, I'd love, okay, is right. that something so you'd be open to? Or is there just something when I started, like started it, haven't I? Okay. Um, <laughs> given that, that I suppose I learned this over a, a week of a quite an intensive retreat. So I can oh, wow. only give, but I, um, but I, I can give you an outline, I think okay. of, of what this is. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, this concludes this portion of our podcast episode two interview with Dr. Robin Kelly. Thank you so much for listening today. If you would like to listen in on the exclusive content where Dr. Kelly shares a bit of an overview of the infinity chant that he discussed with me on this show, please be sure to subscribe to my Patreon page at patreon.com slash frequency matters. I plan on having Dr. Kelly back in the future. There's so much fascinating content to continue and I'd love to take any questions from you. So please message me. You can reach me on facebook.com slash frequency matters, or also message me through youtube.com slash frequency matters. Thank you again. Have a blessed and beautiful day.